0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today is another great guest episode, and I'm pleased to welcome Libby Langley onto the podcast. Libby is a business coach living in the middle of England with her husband and cat. She ditched her corporate career in 2011 in favor of creating a life filled with more financial independence, time, freedom, and joy. Libby helps business owners get real clarity on their big vision so they too can live the lives they've always dreamed of. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Libby. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Good. Yeah. Thank you for having me along. Me too. I'm excited. So I'm going to ask you the same question
1: I ask all my guests What is
0: your money story?
1: When I knew this was going to be the question, I went into an immediate panic um as to how to answer it. And I think that maybe that actually is the answer in itself. <laughs> I funny that I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean I come from my family was, I don't know, relatively middle class, and uh we had everything we wanted, but I guess we didn't want much back in the 80s, so it was different and holidays and all that stuff. And I suppose that's my norm, I guess. And as I've got older, and worked through life, then my standard is quite high, I would say in terms of expectations of, you know, what things costs and what I spend on stuff. And so I would say that I very much like to spend money and value money in that regard, but I don't look after it. And how does that show up for you, the not looking after it? Pensions? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I'm not really what you'd call a future planner when it comes to money. So I haven't had a pension since I left the public sector over 10 years ago, which is appalling. So there'll be people tutting left, right and centre listing to this, but I don't think I'm unusual as a business owner, self-employed person in that regard. So yeah, I don't really think too far ahead. I think about what I want and need now or kind of in the the immediate future.
0: I think you're right. I think lots of business owners will be looking at pensions as a something to organise later in life. When you're setting up the business with all the costs associated with all the different aspects of having a business, I think the investment part, that the pensions, the savings, mm. et cetera, et cetera, are something that tend to be let to be left until until later down the line. When you think about your relationship with money, what mm. comes up for you?
1: I don't yeah, I don't really think of money as a kind of entity in itself at all. To me, you need it in order to be able to do things. But that's that's all I think of it of. I don't feel like I need to have loads of it. I just need the facility to be able to buy the things that I want to buy, yeah, which is which is a kind of different way around, but yeah, absolutely. And I know you have done your money archetypes. Can mm. you remind me what they are? Yes, uh, not without checking, actually, but I am a an alchemist is my top one, yeah. Um, I can't remember the other ones. Off Was of there top. connector in there? You know, I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: That's okay, don't worry. Just it's just interesting because the the traits you're almost displaying there in terms of, you know, I don't really think about money, you know, I kind of know it's there when I need it. That is very much a a connector approach. Yeah, I found money.
1: it alchemist top, then connect closely followed by a connector. Ah. And then ruler, celebrity, maverick, all the same, and also closely followed by romantic. So actually, there's, however many that is, six that are all really close. And accumulator and nurturer, unsurprisingly, are way down. know, And I always take a risk when I actually
0: say to people, oh, you sound to me like you could be so-and-so type of archetype. And I usually do identify it correctly. But like I said, I was picking up the the connector piece because connectors can tend to bury their heads in the sand, can tend to think, it'll be okay. It'll be all right. Don't need to worry about it now. It'll sort itself out (laughs) when it needs to sort itself out. And when it comes to our primary money archetypes, it's just the top three that we need to be concerned with, essentially. And I think probably the alchemist part of you, you know, very much links to, you know, being a business owner looking at ways of making money in a different way, in a non-traditional way. What was it that
1: caused you to leave the public sector and set up your own business? So it kind of, it basically had become unsustainable as an employment option. Um, interestingly, it was it was to do with money, and I mean I can talk about this because it was over a decade now, but. I worked in a commercial role in a public sector organization, which was a headbutt, you know, (laughs) Um, anyway, didn't really fit. And the reason that I left in the end was because me and my sales team were promised bonuses on achievement of certain numbers, which we achieved But our figures didn't match up with the central figures. Therefore, no one got their money. And it was, you know, I was trying to manage the expectations of my sales guys who were very much the money is everything. The money is everything. And it, yeah, it just, I just had some sort of a breakdown, I think. And I left. Um, I got a payout and, and never went back. But it, it was, yeah, interesting. I hadn't really thought about that before, but it was actually to do with money that I that I left, but more, I would say, broken promises of money. Yeah. And it scarred me enormously, still scarred me, scarred me um, enormously. And so that was my reason for setting up on my own. And when I first started my business, I said to a few of my business buddies, do you think I can make a certain amount of money each month by using, you know, because i got Um, qualified as a tutor while I was there and I taught various social media courses while I was um, while I was in my employment and do you think I can make money doing this for myself and they all said yeah of course you can and that was that was the reason that I started started the business
0: and how have you found the life of of being a business owner being an entrepreneur
1: well I mean it's interesting isn't it (laughs) Absolutely. certainly yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely one word for it. Um, I would say I've never been through something as stressful and as joyous <laughs> in my entire life. There have been some really challenging moments. So when I got divorced and was trying to buy my ex-husband out, being self-employed and trying to get an additional borrowing on your mortgage is an absolute nightmare. Um, so, I mean, that happened, but it was very difficult And managing on a fluctuating income, which it often is when you you work for yourself, um, when you're on your own was really, you know, so that was a tough few years, that. Um, But being able to knock off at three o'clock because you want to, or go out for the day with whoever, um, that that kind of thing is still so valuable to me. Absolutely. I won't even over 10 years later, I, I won't tire of the fact that, I can just sit in my slippers and do my job. You know, yeah. do what I love doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, I can remember hearing a quote last year or the year before. I can't remember which it was, which said, um, and I think I said this to you the other day that a business owner will work eighty to ninety hours a week for themselves to avoid working
1: forty yeah. hours a week for somebody else. I certainly did that to start with. I mean, I, I absolutely do not do, do that anymore. But certainly when I first started the business and I was trying to find, I guess, what my, what my offering was, refining my offering, I, I did work ludicrously long hours, you know, 12, 14-hour days because what I, was do, what I was doing is different to what I was doing now, but I was servicing clients. And so there were the expectations around that. And yeah, I did work incredibly hard. But I think certainly for the last five years, that's been different. And I'm much more conscious of how I want to work with my clients and how I want to spend my time. So, yeah, I've, I've done my stint of that, but I don't, not anymore. No. Not anymore. It's and
0: much I think, healthier now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I think as well that, you know, as business owners, we very often forget that we do have the ability mm. to set our own routine, mm. to take time off when we want to, to be able to grab you know, a cheeky lunch on a Wednesday afternoon, mm. clock off you know on a Friday and go off and do something nice. We don't have to worry about asking anybody's permission, but we kind of forget those benefits because we get caught up in the, the roller coaster that mm. the mm. our income may not necessarily be linear. It might be a case of lots coming in one month, not so much mm. coming in the next month. But when we add uh, all the additional benefits that we get to choose what we do with our day, then I think that is a huge, huge upside that makes me realise, oh, well, I, I now know I'm unemployable. You know, I could, I, I got you. I'd be
1: sacked. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fall out with the boss probably on the first day. You need to be in a certain place at a certain time for a meeting about something. No, I think so. Exactly. <laughs> but, it, but one of what you've just said is it, is one of the things that I'm really passionate about helping my clients with. And calls I've had recently, one of the themes that's been that people have have said that's come out of conversations I've had is that there's a real fear that people are just creating jobs for themselves. And one way that I work with my clients is to help them see that there is a different way and understand about if you need to be structured, then structure in time when you don't work and say, I'm just working from 10 to 4 and I'm not working on Wednesdays and that's how I work. And there's no guilt associated with that because you are your own boss, because you you can do what you like. And it definitely is almost a kind of culture shock sometimes to go from employment to corporate world to being able to do what the hell you like, when you like. And there's there's a fear around that, partly because if you're not working, you're not earning money, which isn't true when it comes to business. It isn't true. There's lots of ways to make money while you're not work, physically working. Absolutely. But it's if you choose to make less money than you did in your job, but you're working a third of the hours, that's incredibly empowering. So it's not necessarily about earning more. It's about having... Financial independence, but freedom of choice and freedom of time. Absolutely. And it's empowering you, isn't it? It's working for you
0: yep. in the way that you want to yep. and defining what success is for you. Yep. Because I think when you are working for somebody else, when you are in a corporate role, you can end up being controlled by you know, an outside force that dictates mm-hmm. where you are, when you are, and the things that you miss out on. Whereas once you're working for yourself, you intentionally, you know as mm-hmm. you said, you define your working day, your working week, mm-hmm. what you do within the hours, and how you create an environment where you can Switch on when you need to be working yeah. and switch off when you don't need to be working.
1: Yeah, making that a conscious decision is what makes the difference, actually, because we bumble along and then and we don't really realise what beast we have created for ourselves. So actually stepping back and saying, right, what? How, how do I want my day to be? What does make me happy? What is going to bring the success? What does success mean to me and what is going to bring that about? That's what, that's what really makes the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, is remaining
0: as connected to your why, why you are doing it in the first place, because I'm sure you see this with your clients as much as I see it with mine. But after a while... Of working in your own business, if you're not careful, you can move, have moved as far away from that why, <laughs> yeah. which is normally around yeah, 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 yeah. being able you know, to set your own working environment, your own working day, et cetera. Not working long hours, not working at weekends, not responding to clients outside of agreed hours, et cetera. But you can, if you're not careful, move further and further away mm. from that and end up uh, Resenting the very thing yep. that you thought was your road to freedom, yep. your road to a better
1: life. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. And I guess my own journey in business, it has I, I've sort of been through that, I guess. And my experiences over the years have led me to be a better coach. I know that because I have been there and done quite a lot of <laughs> quite a lot of it. But certainly in the last couple of years. I have worked out really what it is that I want to do and where my skills lie. And like I said, when I first started the business, it was because I'd done something and then thought I could make money independently doing it, which is not born out of passion. It's born out of an interest but it's not a driven passion. And so for many years, I went down that a very marketing and social media focused route, but they're not not my passion. My passion is helping business owners to have better businesses that make them happier. And I've always done that, but kind of under a marketing banner. And so it's been in the last couple of years that I've kind of started admitting this to myself and asking myself the searching questions of that I would ask my clients, you know, what is it that you want, what makes you happy, what purpose does this business need to serve for you? And then taking the really quite courageous decision to stop doing marketing coaching and publicly switch to the business, the business coaching. And, and, and what you've said is exactly right, that what makes your heart sing is what matters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think being
0: able to bunker yourself away Mm. from the noise of what is going on online Mm. and you feeling that your measure of success has to be somebody Mm. else's measure of success, but not actually realizing what possibly they have given up in order to have mm. the perceived success, their measure of success. Mm. So I think to be really focused on your way and being really focused on why you are doing what you're doing and what you're going to measure your success by and shut yourself off to the
1: noise mm. of what mm. other people are doing. Mm. When I first Started my business. I'd been in business a year or eighteen months or something, and I joined um, a kind of what entrepreneurial business development club, if you like, something like that. And um, and one of the things that we were told was, well, one message that they kept repeating was about building a million pound business, building a million pound business, and the way you do that is you you grow your team. And this was kind of instilled in me right from the start. So I did. Have a team. You know, I had four staff four or four five staff at one point and was running my business very much as an agency, you know, big, big clients and phenomenal turnover. It was it was very successful. But that's sort of because that's what I've been told to do. And then I was in America at a conference and I said to some of the people that I was with, you know, I'm not really happy. And they said, Well, why don't you change things? And I'm like, Oh, God, yes, <laughs> it's my business. So I did. I, I, um, oh, it's the hardest thing I've done, I think, really. But I made my team redundant and gave up the office and kind of went back home and went back to actually working on my own, which is what I really like doing. But it is, this was, you know, this is a long time ago now, a lot of years ago now. But like you say, it's, it's that if you believe all the noise, if you listen to all the noise, you can actually lose sight of what really matters to you inside. And if, you know, if that's some kind of chaotic one-day-a-week business, good for you because if that's what you want and that's what makes you happy, you know, there might be more structured <laughs> and efficient ways to do that. But actually, it, it's a personal choice. It doesn't really matter. And I think as well, when we allow
0: ourselves to really listen to the online noise, that stops us from having the ability to listen to our intuition. Mm. Because I think our intuition is usually spot on. Mm. But if we're allowing it to be drowned out by the I should be doing what they're doing, should, should, yeah. Exactly, because I'm told that's the way to do it, rather than having faith in what you think Mm. is the right thing for you, your family, and your journey on this planet. Mm. And I think the more we lean into what we feel is right because normally our
1: feelings do get it right we just don't have that trust in ourselves sometimes one thing that i say to my clients is um you know if they're thinking of doing something or they've, they've they're on a path to something i say how does this make you feel how do you feel and there's often a pause and then the real answer comes out, you know, Of do you really want to go down on this road? Or actually, is it this road that you want to go down? And I I do think it sounds a bit kind of woo-woo, I guess. But I think that actually the practical action steps combined with asking yourself how it makes you feel and listening to your gut is the way to have a really successful business. You have to marry the two yeah no, I agree. so how was the happiness coach
0: created born yeah.
1: well i um, yeah I'm quite generally speaking quite a happy person and I think because of my own journey through business um and I mean you know, I could talk to you until the end of the week about all the things that i've I've learned and I've tried and what has worked and what hasn't hasn't worked and i I think it really is just this. Like you said, tapping into what really, really matters, which is different to, oh, I'll get you to 10K months. You know, it's a diff, it's different because that might not resonate at all with some people. They might want to have a business where they can take every Thursday off to spend time with their kids or their parents or whoever. And that's that's such a different focus. So my focus isn't on getting anyone to 10K months, unless that's the particular goal. It's about working out how to have the most efficient and effective business to get them to their big goal, big vision as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah. And I think that is so important. I think to really connect to your joy, Mm. to what is going to, you know, to go to bed at night and go, that was great. I actually did that. And be that. I know, going to your child's sports day or going for a spa day with the girls mm. or just taking yourself off to the beach and just sitting at the sea, whatever it is, it goes back to being motivated by your own goals mm. rather than somebody else's goals. Mm. And I heard somebody talking earlier on um, who has a very, very successful business. And she said she'd been doing some number crunching with her team. And she said, May 21, she made a certain amount of money, which she then doubled in May 2022. But she'd also significantly grown her team. Mm. So actually, her profit was, was significantly down. Yeah. And that really got me thinking, thinking, well, actually, for me,
1: it isn't about my revenue. It's about my profit Oh absolutely absolutely I've always been I mean I've worked in the online world for a long time and I, I guess I'm quite cynical about a lot of the messages that are put put out there and people will will talk about how much they've generated um, you know million hit the million pound mark okay but it cost you nine fifty thousand pounds in Facebook ads to get to that million and and there that's never really discussed. It's almost profit is is almost like a dirty world yeah. in the in the online world. And it and it shouldn't be. It's it, the most important thing that exists. And I, I think it's a very personal thing. I don't think that we have to share our financial goals publicly in order to be like a proper business person. Yeah, mm-hmm. You just you just don't have to at all. And like I say, you're if your financial goal is a 1000 pounds a month because that affords you to be able to have a spa day or you know buy a new car or whatever it is then that's cool brilliant yeah. that's yeah. not a disappointment that's epic if that's what it, it that it means to you it doesn't have to be 10k 100k at all absolutely totally agree with you totally agree with you
0: mm. and you know and in setting up this podcast you know it's called let's talk money and more and i've always said when it comes to talking about money it's talking about it in a way that is relevant for you. Yeah. Not shying away from a conversation around money, not feeling embarrassed to talk about your pricing, talking about your fees going up, et cetera, et cetera. Talking about your financial goals, whatever they are. It is about making sure you are confident mm-hmm. in your relationship with money. Because if you are confident in, if you're confident with yourself, then you're confident with your relationship with money. And when you're confident with yourself, that is when you're going to make more money. But what more means a totally personal thing. And I don't think there's ever a requirement to have a post-it note on your <laughs> forehead that says, I have this amount of money in my bank account because that is only relevant to you. Because if mm. you're outgoings, match that number, you know, on your post-it note on your forehead, then you're probably going to struggle compared to somebody who has a smaller number but has a very, very little outgoings, you know, very little debt, et cetera, et cetera. So mm. I think the conversation to be comfortable and confident in talking about money is good. But I absolutely agree with you to utilize it as something to put pressure mm. on somebody else or as a tactic to make people work with you or be attracted to you on a falsehood is something that should never, ever be tolerated, basically.
1: No, I agree. And I don't know why it's become the norm. I I really don't. Um, To me, it's much more inspiring if someone says, you know, talks about the, the time freedom and joy that their business model has brought about than... Just the cold hard cash. But perhaps this is to do with my thoughts and relationship with money, because to me, like I said right at the start, to me, freedom, joy are what motivate me. The doing the things and and buying the things is what motivate me, not the money itself. So I suppose that's why it doesn't resonate. And there'll be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who feel that who feel the same as me and there will be which is why i'm the coach for them yeah but there will be people who just want to hit that financial goal and that's what motivates them and then there'll be other coaches for them so it's you know it's all cool
0: yeah absolutely, absolutely. And, but I, you know I, I think for everybody, you know financial freedom is probably the goal. What yeah. that means to everybody is what's is going to be different and how they go about achieving it you know is going to be different. Yeah.
1: So what is
0: next for you as the happiness coach?
1: Well, I am focusing entirely on one-to-one coaching now. That's, I have decided what brings me joy and that's it. I like to work. I like to really kind of get under the skin of my clients and be able to see on their face that I've made a difference rather than group programs where people can get lost and, you know, or don't participate in the first place. So I very much enjoy that. So that's my focus is to have between five and 10 one-to-one clients rolling um to work with over the long term that will give me the life that i want with the amount of work that i want and the satisfaction the job satisfaction that i want and that sounds a perfect balance it really Mm -hmm. does so how do people connect with you instagram is the place that i hang out the most if people want to go on social media then i'm at libby langley on um on there uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook too so you can find me find me on those but Instagram's where I'm at mostly or my website is LibbyLangley.com Perfect and all of those details will be in the show
0: notes so people will be able to connect with you as well Thank you very much Libby I've really really enjoyed the conversation thank you for coming on I look forward to having you on again in
1: the near future Thank you thank you for having me it's been great thank you. Thanks. Take, Take care, care.
0: Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly Money Mindset Audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my money archetypes assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.